0: Chapter Thirty One of Soul Food. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Amy Benton. Soul Food by George Douglas Watson. Chapter Thirty One The Spirit of Crucifixion. The act of crucifixion is one thing, but the spirit in which the crucifixion is to be born is another. In some respects, the act may be brief and finished but the inward heart disposition that should pervade crucifixion is a continuous principle extending through life ever widening its range over a multiplicity of applications and growing in intensity to the end this divinely beautiful spirit of self-immolation cannot be defined it can only be faintly described it is a heart quality a soul essence too fluid to be held in by words If we could get a vision of the soul of Jesus, from the Last Supper to his death on the cross, and have a clear spiritual discernment of all the thoughts and feelings and affections and sympathies and every quality of disposition that was in his nature during those long hours, in such a spiritual vision we would see the full-sized mind appropriate to crucifixion. Thousands have had, in greater or less degrees, a spiritual revelation into this history of the soul of Jesus such a vision can only be given by the holy ghost for it is infinitely beyond the natural reason and imagination in the same proportion that we discern the inward spirit christ had during those hours in that proportion can we drink of that spirit until we can suffer bleed and die in our measure with the very same dispositions he had it is a silent spirit it suffers without advertising the depth of its suffering a dog or a pig will howl and squeal at the least pain or fright but the lamb quivers and suffers in silence it can weep until the fountains of tears are exhausted and then it goes on weeping interior tears in the heart because the outward tears have ceased its cruel critics think it has no pain but god can see those hot invisible tears of the spirit and they fall upon his cheek and move his infinite compassion it can be snubbed scolded criticized misunderstood misrepresented and checked and hindered in a thousand ways without a groan or a kick or a trace of threatening or impudence it is sworn to eternal submissiveness out of a passion of divine love it has calmly signed the death-warrant to self it can have a thousand little gifts and treasures and harmless earthly pleasures and pleasant hopes and friendly ties snatched out of its hand without clutching the fingers to hold on to them it gently and sweetly let everything go it can obey god and be rushing at full speed on lines of service and duty for him and then at the touch of god's providential air brake, it can be brought to an instantaneous standstill without shaking the train to pieces by a single jar or the least jostling of the will from its perfect repose in jesus it is a flexible spirit with no plan of its own it can be turned by the finger of god in any direction without a moment's warning it can walk into a dungeon or a throne into a hut or a palace with equal ease and freedom it has lost its own will in union with god and partakes of the movements of the divine mind as a floating cloud partakes of the movements of the air which encircles it it can wear old threadbare clothes and live on plain food with a thankful and sweet disposition without even a thought of envy or coveting the nice things of others it looks with a quiet secret joyful contempt on all the honours and pleasures and learning and culture, and the honourable splendours of earth. It inwardly despises what other people are longing to get hold of. This is because it sees into heaven, and is so fascinated with the magnitude of coming glories, that even the pretty and honourable things of this world look ugly to it. It embraces suffering as its natural food, the rugged cross which frightens so many Christians, is embraced by this spirit with a sweet subtle joy because it knows that all suffering will enlarge and sweeten its love it is love on fire and seeks to pour itself out into the avenues of self-abnegation what other christians shun as a hardship it gladly accepts as an opportunity of sweeter union with god it longs for nothing but more love it likes to die over and over again for the sake of widening its ocean of love It loves its enemies with a sweet, gentle, yearning affection, utterly beyond what they would be willing to believe. It can be bruised and trampled on, and turn with a quivering, speechless lip and a tear-dimmed eye, and kiss and pray for the foot that under the pretense of religious duty is trampling it in the dust. This is no fancy sketch. I mean what I say. This spirit, like St. Paul, longs for the coming of Jesus, and yearns to be clothed upon with glorification. It would gladly never have any physical pleasure but for the legitimate needs and recreations of the body. In the language of the wise man, it eats for strength, and not for the mere pleasure of appetite. This spirit will not receive human honour into itself. If it is praised or honoured by its fellows, instead of eating it as a sweet morsel, it offers it up instantly to the Lord, as the angel did with the good dinner which was presented to him by Manoah. Its highest delight is in sinking into God and being, little. It loves to humble itself, both before God and man. It shuns debate and strife and theological argument. It is modest and retiring, and loves to get out of God's way, and see him work. It would rather see the ark capsize, and the cherubim all broken, than to put forth its finger to meddle with God's authority. It does not make others wear its sackcloth. It would rather take other people's suffering on itself, than to take their joys it has a deep interior vision of the soul of jesus and is smitten with the divine beauty of christ's inner heart-life and loves to repeat over again the feeling which christ had it has glimpses of the face of jesus when he was dying it sees the purple tint in his features as his head dropped upon his breast and sees a glory in it which eclipses the splendor of the tall white angels when the soul enters sanctification it is just the beginning of this spirit which is to spread intensify and brighten until crucifixion becomes an all-consuming passion a sweetly sorrowful sadly beautiful flame of self-abnegation which take hold of all sorts of woes and troubles and mortifications and pains poverties and hardships as a very hot fire takes hold on wet logs and makes out of them fresh fuel for more self-sacrificing love this is the spirit that opens the gate of heaven without touching it This is the spirit that wears out the patience of persecutors, that softens the heart of stone, that in the long run converts enemies into friends, and touches the heart of sinners, that wins its way through a thousand obstacles, that outwits the genius of the devil, and that makes the soul that has it as precious to God as the apple of his eye. End of chapter 31